What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill? Using your detective skills as a technical writer. As technical writers, we often wear many different hats within an organization. We write documentation that teaches people how to use a product. We test new features to ensure they're working properly. We write marketing copy that encourages people to research a product. But as you'll learn in this episode, we wear another hat that you perhaps haven't considered, but is essential to the technical writer's skill set. The detective hat. That's why in this episode, I have Jamie Roddy on the podcast, manager of technical communicators who, from her love of detective shows, has found that the detective and the technical writer have a lot in common. In this episode, Jamie shares how you can use your detective skills as a technical writer, including which detective skills are most useful for technical writers, how to ramp up those skills, and how detective skills can help you transition into other fields within a software company. Big shout out to Knowledge Owl, a wonderful knowledge-based software product for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hey there, Jamie. How are you today? Hey, Jacob. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. How's life in Carrollton? It's hot. I feel you. It's I so hot. You. It's rowdy. I have my dogs outside right now, so they don't bark while we're, we're talking. And I'm like, oh, here's water, here's shade. Yeah. It's good, though. It's good. I like I'm happy to that. hear it. Well, Jamie, so happy to have you on the podcast. We got a fun skill to cover together, and that is using your detective skills as a technical writer. And I'll tell you, I've been getting into the detective shows lately, and whenever you pitch this topic, of course, I suddenly was able to find some associations between the detectives Mm -hmm. and the tech writers. So Mm -hmm. I really look forward to hearing your insights. But before we dig in, I'd love to start with learning more about you, Jamie, for listeners, could you tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing and what got you into technical writing? Sure. Um, so in my current role, I manage a team of global technical writers for a software company. Um, and I got into technical writing. Uh, it really started way back when I was a, a little kid. I've, I've always loved uh, writing and reading and originally got my bachelor's in literature and language composition. And then my dad was working for a company um, called Fujitsu, and they had just hired technical writers. And I was finishing my bachelor's, wanting to go into get a master's, but wasn't sure what area to to really pursue for a master's. Um, And he started talking to me about, do you know about technical writers? We just hired some, and it would be a way for you to be able to write and and stay with that momentum. Um, and then UNT had a, a master's program in, in technical communications. So I 
I took a couple of semesters and totally fell in love with it and finished up my master's and have been at my current job for 12 years now. That's awesome, Jeremy. Were you one of the first master's students whenever UNT started that tech comp program? Because I know it's a, it's a new department overall, um, but I'm uncertain how long they've had that master's program. It was pretty new when I when I started. Um, I had known a couple of people who graduated before me, but just a handful. Um, so yeah, when I when I started into the master's program, it was relatively new, and now UNT they've done a, a ton with their technical communications department. I think it's fabulous what they're doing. Um, now they have bachelor's degrees in it. When I was at school, there wasn't a bachelor degree option. It was only a master's. Gotcha. Um, but now you can get, yeah, now you can get your bachelor's and they have certifications and yeah, they've done a great job with that. Program. Yeah, it's remarkable. I got my bachelor's um, from UNT in technical communication and listeners, if you're looking for any kind of continued education or want to get some formal training in technical writing, um, really couldn't uh, encourage that department more. They do great work yeah. over there. University of North Texas. That's Ka-ka. right. <laughs> no eagles. <laughs> That's right. So, Jamie, let's talk about this great skill, using your detective skills as a technical writer. I- I'm so curious. Where did you come up with this association? <laughs> you know, when you reached out and asked if there was anything I was thinking of, um, it's it's so funny, Jacob. Okay, so I I have a son. My my son's seventeen. He's going into his his senior year, and for years now, one of our favorite things to do is go on country drives. So we just kind of take the car and get lost in these country fun. roads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is fun. Um, and there is a program on NPR. It used to be on. It, we. The program's not around anymore, but it was called Prairie Home Companion. Yes. Yes, I love Prairie Home Companion. So we would purposely take either Saturday evening drives or Sunday morning drives to listen to the two-hour Prairie Home Companion. And one of the, if you're familiar with that show, you'll know the the segment of Guy Noir, Private Eye. Um, It's been a bit. I've listened mostly just in passing. I don't know if I've had the pleasure of listening to an episode Uh, through, but tell me more. such a good show. Um, so there's a segment, Private Eye, uh, Guy Noir, Private Eye. And so we're taking these drives and and it, it, it's a radio show, right? So I'm listening to these stories of how Guy Noir is solving the crimes. And it just dawned on me, like in this back country road, it's sunset one Saturday evening. I was like, this sounds like a technical writer. <laughs> he, he sounds like he's a technical writer. And then I, I, I love just literature. I'm a huge, I, I read constantly. Um, and I just, over the last couple of months have reread Pulp by Charles Bukowski, um, mm-hmm. have started Feral Detective, um, uh, by Jonathan Lethem, uh, the show True Detectives. My husband and I just binge watched that from HBO. Um, so all these like just in the last few months have been bubbling up with every time I'm reading a book about a detective or I'm watching a show about a detective. It feels like they're technical writers. I saw a lot of associations between how, how they go about solving their crimes or their mysteries and then what technical writers do. I mean, a lot of what is required from a technical writer is, is researching and investigating and interviewing. Um, 
so yeah, it just it it just was an idea that I, I started to have and and feeding into that, I went as far as to look up what are the skill sets required for a detective. Oh. What did you find? <laughs> and it reads like a technical writer resume. Wow. Um yeah, yeah, I was I was shocked when I when I started really looking into this. <laughs> so some of the the top skills you need as a detective is effective communication. Gotcha. Um, Ability to do deep research, organizational skills, patience, Mm. ethical behavior, attention to detail, and all these different sites that I went on, or even uh, like universities, um, if if you are trying to get a degree in in law enforcement to go into being a detective, these are the skills that are commonly used to describe what you need to be a detective. And I was like, man. Those that are the exact fun. same skills that you would put as a technical <laughs> writer. That, that's going to be our next episode on the Not Boring Tech Writer. We'll interview um, an actual detective. Say, how can the tech writer <laughs> go from transition from technical writing to detective work without any additional training? <laughs> Funny. And can you imagine the reports that you would get? Like you'd get uh, such great reports from somebody. Great headers all throughout. Yeah, Uniformity, yeah. great Typographing. use of <laughs> I love it. Like, we're gonna put this. We're gonna put this report online for you. <laughs> single source it. Topic based. Yes. Off for it. Yes. Yeah. We're on to something, Jamie. <laughs> so, Jamie, the, the tech writer, of course, is in solving any murder mysteries within their organization. But like you said, a lot of these skills overlap. Could you give us a few scenarios of how the mm-hmm. detective tech writer would work in their organization? You named a few. A few, sure. of course, come to my mind. Can you give us some concrete examples? Sure, absolutely. Um, so being in the software industry, what what amazes me about software is you're really developing something from nothing, yeah. right? You, you just, somebody somewhere knows that there's a need in the market and that they have the ability to create a product to solve this need. So it all starts with an idea. So you go from having very little into just building through code, right? And, and developing, um, these interfaces that work with other interfaces, et cetera, et cetera. So a detective, when they are starting off trying to solve a crime, they know very little, typically. They, they don't have a lot of clues right out of the gate. They, they have very little. So a technical writer working in the software industry, you can have your, your business requirement documents, your, your functional requirement documents, which are all the, the thoughts that people have had as to what needs to go into this product. Um, so you have to start with just these very general, broad ideas. And as the product is being developed, or as the case starts to evolve, um, you, have to, you have to get closer and closer and closer and closer um, to that actual code, to the functionality of that code. Um, that requires going into different tools. You have to, we use Rally, but going into Rally and really digging into what developers are are, are saying this user story is about um, really figuring out your networks across these multiple people that are developing the application. Cause it's not just developers, it's, it's marketers, it's usability, it's several different key players go into building a product. 
And so you start off with a lot of times, maybe you're going to the wrong person, asking the wrong questions until you find that right person yes. who does, yeah, who, who, who can really help you and walk you through it. But a lot of times it, it takes several attempts of talking to different people until you get to that one person, that one developer, right? That one developer that's like, yes, I know exactly what this feature means. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Or that one UX person who, who has the wireframes and can help you visualize what this UI is going to look like at the, at the end of the day. Um, so really like for me, it's, it's this idea of you start with very broad general ideas and you, at the end of it, you work and you work and you work to get this very concise document. Yes. And I'm so glad you started this conversation off with product development. And I'm going to give some few examples of how techers that do more end-user documentation can apply detective skills. But going back to product development, you make a great point. Whenever we or a software company is trying to think of a new product to create to solve a user's problem, you don't come to the prospective user and say, will you use this project? You know, it, it, it's it's a weird question. Their answer probably would just be yes or no. You don't really get insights or anecdotes about how they would use the project, how they would use the product. We need to ask more detective-like questions like, what what is your lifestyle? What are your struggles? What are your hopes and dreams? It reminds me of our very first episode of the Not Boring Tech Rider we had. Chris Lamb on the podcast discussing um, how to apply empathy to our audience analysis. And he taught us about design thinking, where an organization wants to create a new product. Let's get the users in from the start and start asking them questions about how they would use different kinds of products, how they envision it helping their lives. These detective-like questions that go far beyond yes or no but actually give us an opportunity to practice, you know, active listening to figure out, you know, what this user is actually saying, whether that's getting clues to figure out where they actually were 9 p.m. the night of the prospective murder <laughs> or how they would use this this product that we're envisioning. Yeah. And even to the even to the the level of would you use it on a mobile device? Would you Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that's an interesting interesting point because it really it is a lot of questioning. I think, especially with product development, it's it it all starts with a lot of questions, um, and then you you hone in to the similarities of what folks are talking about. What what is the the problem? How are they planning to use it? Um, and then you you really start getting into the, yeah. the coding and the developing and the, and the testing and, and what have you. But yeah, it's, it, it, it really does. It starts with questions. That's right. Jamie, I think my first experience with, you know, applying some detective skills as a tech writer, um, which was my first tech writing job, it was a company called Rainmaker Digital. And we had more static end user documentation. If a user went through it, and it didn't really work for them, we had no feedback loop. We didn't actually know if it was a successful piece mm -hmm. of documentation. So at the bottom, we had this little feedback widget where a user could say, hey, like I got hung up on this step or uh, step two in this documentation actually didn't work out for me. So going back to you know these detective skills, 
we had to retrace our steps. You know, was this actually, <laughs> I'm loving this analogy. I'm going to keep pushing it. <laughs> but is this actually the steps that the user has to take to accomplish what they're wanting to? So it's cool to see not only do these detective skills align with, you know, actually creating a product, but actually for a lot of our listeners who work in end user documentation, we can figure out a way to apply these skills to, you know, create more effective documentation as well. Have you seen yeah. that in your own work as yeah. well? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, sometimes you, you, you spend a month creating what you think is the most amazing online help. It's going to solve everybody's answers. Um, but then you get, you know, a ping from the help desk that says, uh, we can't find the answer in your documentation. So exactly, you're, you, well, what are you trying to find? What, really, it's like, what, what do I not know yeah. as a technical writer? Because I, I, I might think I know all the features, all the functionality, everything there is in this product, and I've, I've thoroughly documented it. But there's always the possibility of you don't know what you don't know. Um, so you do need that that validation and that, that retracing and, and revalidating, which really just comes through more, more testing and alignment with your, with your end users, um, whether yeah. they're internal or external end users. Um, so yeah. And then just the, the, the documentation life cycle, right? When you, the documentation life cycle compared to the development life cycle are very similar while they're you're creating two different things developments creating a product the documentation life cycles creating the the educational content um they both take these detective skills um so yeah as you're as you're working with your developers through their life cycle in parallel creating your content through your documentation life cycle um it's it's all about asking the right questions, the right people and being persistent. If, if you're not getting the, the answers, if, if you're not speaking to the right people, then you just, you just keep interviewing. You keep, you keep pushing just like a detective would. That's if, right. If, if you're not getting what you need, then you go to the next person, you go to the next person, you go to the next person. And they understand that that first lead may not work out. They come in with that mindset already, like with the information I have, I believe this is the right person to ask, that person to interact with. If they're not, they understand they have to pursue a new lead. Oftentimes it's multiple people, right, that give you the answer. This is my experience as a technical writer uh, documenting products, is software products, is you might need your, your product manager, your developer, and your usability person all to give you little snippets that mm. – then become the real answer it so it's 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 just the researching the investigating the the being being patient you know it's funny jacob on on all of these detective skill set sites that i i I was looking at they all called out the need to be patient really i think that is a very valuable skill for a technical writer um you because there's a lot of moving parts to creating effective content. Um, oh, lot. that's exactly right. Jamie, el- elaborate on that skill of patience, because I imagine a lot of tech writers are nodding their heads, more seasoned tech writers to understand that, you know, it, it sometimes takes some time to be able to sit down with the developer 
or to get all the information you need to create an effective document for prospective tech writers or maybe people that are first time in the job. Could you elaborate on why that patience piece is so essential to becoming a good tech writer? Sure. Um, just as a soft skill for a technical writer is the, is it, it, unless you're very fortunate starting out in technical writing with any company, you're, you're going to have to learn what everybody in different parts of that company do, especially if it's yeah. software um, development. And that takes patience. you I never, I, my experience with, with all of my technical writing has been, you go in, you, and you just start getting to know people. You, you start understanding what they do, what's their roles, what's their responsibilities, how does their responsibility feed into another team's responsibility, feed into another team's responsibility, feed into another team's responsibility, just this whole life cycle. And who are the key players there? Um, it's not, as if day one you sit down and somebody says for the rest of your career here at this company, these are the three people and only the three people you will ever need to talk to, to get all of your yeah. answers. It, it, it's not, it's not that way at all. Um, and then with the, the actual documentation process, it requires a lot of patience too, because we are up against very tight timeframes. We have, we have way more developers than we have technical writers. So yes. the company's producing code so fast and we have to have this set of document, this set of content out by the release date of the product. So while they are coding and coding and coding, it might be, it might be four weeks in that development process before you have a cert environment with a working UI to go into and start start playing with, start getting screen captures for, start really yeah. understanding, right? So, I mean, trying to work off wireframes, you you can, but it's it's really when you get that that UI um, in some kind of cert environment where, as a technical writer, you can really get in and and dig in and, and start. So. Yeah, just having just just being patient and knowing that the developer the developers are doing what they're doing, it will eventually get to a point where you can really get in um, into it and, and start doing that that content. And then before that, it's it's really just prepping, right? It's it's thinking about the design yeah. of the document. What what is this going to look like? Um, but yeah, you have to be patient. You have to be patient with the, the developers as they're going through their development cycle. You have to be patient with the fact that you don't know everything and you're going to have to ask people questions and people are busy. Yeah. <laughs> people are busy. So right. just be, be patient with folks. Um, yeah. I think patience is, is a, is a big one. It's, it's yeah. like you have to pay, you have to, you have to patiently be busy. If that yes. makes any sense, Jacob. Yes, gotta, that does. That's excellent advice, Jamie. And, and listeners, if you want to get some extra tips on working with developers, we had a great episode. I think it was skill 15, and I'll include in the show notes as well. We had Mahal and Pavel on the podcast talking about how to build a port developers. So Jamie shared mm -hmm. some great tips on practicing patience. Check out that episode to get some great action items on building rapport with these developers as well. Jamie, I want to take a shift. You are a manager of a global team of technical writers. You understand best 
really what makes a good tech writer, especially one that can work well with the team, whether it's their fellow tech writers or developers that they need to get this information from on their quest to become better detectives in the process. <laughs> in your experience managing technical writers, what detective skills have you found are most useful for the tech writer? Uh, the number one is research. And this is all based off comparing the the true detective <laughs> skills. I'm telling you, when I was spending time looking at this, I was like, wow, it really is similar. Yeah. Um, so definitely research. Um, obviously, that's a huge part of what detectives do. But as yeah. technical writers, I think it's it's vital that we do our legwork, that we're 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 patiently busy, um, meaning, hey, I might not have a UI in a stable state that I can start documenting it, but what can I do now? Are there are there wireframes that I can start looking at? Are there UX usability folks I can start interviewing to see what they're 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 thinking this will ultimately be? Um, can I get access to to any kind of sandbox? It, so doing your legwork, researching, doing your legwork, getting as many, I guess, as the clues as possible before you start approaching developers and subject matter experts who are all very busy. Um, so I always appreciate it when any member of my team goes into a meeting and they're really prepared. They have their questions. They, they can... They're not going in and saying, hey, I need you folks to teach me everything. They're going in and they're saying, I've really looked into this. I understand the concepts. These are my questions. Boom, 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 boom. Um, so researching to me is, is a, a very important one. Um, organization, being able to organize, not just your content on the page or on the in the tool, um, which obviously as a technical writer is very important. But organization, as far as we write for multiple products being developed simultaneously. Yeah. So we have, we have documentation projects happening constantly. So really figuring out what it is, what tool, is it Excel? Is it, is it planner? What, what tool can you use to help you organize your actual work, your documentation lifecycle? in parallel to the production life cycle. So being organized um, in how you plan your work and execute your work, not just how you organize your content on the, on the screen. Those are, those are things that I think. And then the last one is understanding human behavior and psychology. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Really having to, you've got to constantly think about your end user. What is it that your end user is trying to solve with this product. Why have they opened this product? What are they trying to accomplish with this product? Um, and formulating your content in a way that suits that audience, um, whether it's through structures or you know cool togglers that allow them to stay on the same page. Um, but understanding your end user, understanding why they're why have they opened this product? What do they need from this product? And then, of course, adult learning theory, if you transition into more training guides or, or uh, the training aspect, move away 
a little bit from user guides, go into training guides, um, instructional design, so that adult learning theory comes into yeah. play as well. Excellent mm-hmm. tips, Jamie. And I imagine with some of these, you know, maybe a tech writer doesn't see themselves as maybe an exceptional researcher, um, or maybe it feels a little nervous about having that first conversation with the developer to talk about mm-hmm. um, an issue happening in GitHub or something in the back end. But I, I encourage tech writers and anyone listening to this podcast, I imagine you have this like innate desire to figure things out. You, you're already, you've already taken like that great first step of becoming a detective. I imagine just once you go and try these things out, like sit down with that developer for the first time um, or try to think more deeply about how you can do better audience analysis. I imagine just taking that first step, a lot of these things end up coming naturally. Has that been experienced for you, Jamie, for people who may not see themselves um, being able to fill all these roles, taking that first step has been really helpful. It's been incredibly helpful. And I, I think technical writers are a vital role in with especially software um, development. And if, if you're a new technical writer and you're nervous about that first meeting that I would encourage you to, to know your value mm. and that, that developer, while they're busy, while they're probably busy, um, are glad that you're there yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're ultimately the link between what they're working on and how the end user is going to consume it. Um, so they're, they're glad you're there. Uh, they see the value of, of, of what you're doing for them. Um, so yeah, I, go in knowing your value as a technical writer. And then to flip that around, another piece of advice that Mahal and Pavel had was for the tech writer to understand the developer's value and even try to get some of that shared language. So maybe take some time to figure out like, okay, for this particular product, um, what programming language um, are they using? Um, maybe what step in the product cycle are they on? So not only are you coming in with you know the questions that you need to be able to create effective documentation, I think to be able to demonstrate that you have a decent understanding of what they're working on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahal and Pavel said that was really a great step that they took to you know, be able to have some mutual respect between the tech writer yeah. and the developer and be able to get those insights that we so desperately need to create documentation. I love it. I love it. And being willing to use, if they're using Rally to track their user stories, then ask them to, to be able to access their Rally. So... Yeah. Yeah, just collaborating and, and finding those those points where while you're doing two different things, where can we collaborate? What is the connection point between what you're doing and I'm doing? Because ultimately, another what? essential skill of the detective: collaboration. Collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Jamie. I'm so curious. Um, from your experience, I'm sure yourself applying these detective skills, perhaps encouraging the tech writers who managed to do so as well. Of course, this podcast is all about encouraging people to have not boring careers. Of course, that can mean, you know, staying in technical writing and pursuing different aspects of tech writing. But I imagine as they adopt these detective skills, it can open tech writers up, if they so desire, to new positions within a software organization. Have you seen any examples of tech writers who've adopted these detective skills and have gone on to pursue um, different kinds of positions within an organization? I 
have. I have. Um, the great majority of technical writers I know have have stayed in the tech comm field, cool. but have maybe went to different industries. Yeah. Um, tried out, you know, I, I had a friend who recently just started freelancing because um, she was really wanting to just work with different companies and, and meet new people. And so she went down that path. Um, but yes, I've seen people, I've seen technical writers transition into project managers, which I think is actually a pretty smooth absolutely transition. Um, technical writers I've seen transition more into uh, like a learning development organization where it's not so much content. Um, but really helping develop curriculum for corporate training programs. Um, yeah, yeah, project management, training fields, and then just staying in tech comm, but, but trying out different different industries. Um, Very good. Yeah, I think it was one of your podcasts, Jacob, I was listening to, and somebody said, find, find what you're passionate about and, and try writing uh, about that field. It, yeah find what you're passionate about and, and, and do that. So yeah, I was really proud of my, my friend who said, I just want to go kind of experiment, see what's, see what's awesome. out there. Yeah. yeah. Cause we all have that core skill of, you know, of course being excellent writers and usually excellent listeners and being able to understand technical concepts and translate it to plain language. Once we have those core skills and we put on our detective hat to, you know, dig into any other facets of the industry that we're curious about, I imagine so many other opportunities open themselves to us. And I appreciate you giving those examples. I'm sure that's very inspirational for listeners as well. Very welcome. Jamie, this has been an absolute joy. The most <laughs> important question that I need to finish up with, what is your favorite detective show? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, it's <laughs> going to have to be True Detectives right now because that's the one that we just we just finished. It. I love it. Yeah, it, it, but we grew up. I grew up, you know, back in the day, my grandpa always had some kind of, it seems like guy noir detective shows were just <laughs> constantly on in the background. So when I think of it, I see a black and white TV and all of us just like sitting there. Are they going to, are they going to figure it out? Um, are they going to figure it out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love but it. it would be, it would be Prairie Home Companion um guy noir segments would be my favorite radio detective show there we go and just for fun listeners we'll include those in the show notes as well you can find some old podcasts but also perhaps your next favorite detective show get some variety in there (laughs) (laughs) well jamie thank you this has been so much fun Uh, let's just want to connect with you learn more about the great work you're doing keep up to date on the great detective skills you're applying where can people connect with you online yeah um linkedin is the best Perfect. This is the best. Yeah. It's just Jamie Brody and you'll find me. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you again. This has been fun. Uh, we'll chat thank you, soon. Jacob. I really appreciate it. You have a good rest yeah, of your thanks, day. Jamie. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Knowledge Owl, creators of the wonderful knowledge-based software for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. And thanks so much to each of you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.